podcast with Accomplice and Chico Zorro, and today our special guest is Jaime De La Rosa, aka DLP. What up? <laughs> I like it, man. Very, very exciting episode. Super excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hype, like, I don't know. Yeah. I've been nervous all week, it's been crazy, for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what am I going to say? I don't know. Well, the biggest thing I've been thinking about with, with anyone, either you or Joseph, is that you're our first one. You're like the guinea pig. Uh, you know, this is like, <laughs> like this the is experimental like, stage here. You know, like if we're, if we're going to get kinks, this is what we're going to We're in the process of figuring out how we're going to do this from now on, you know, because this is, this is first. Right, right. Know. New ground. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm For us, at least. honored to be a part, man. I'm really sad that Joseph couldn't make it, but honored to be a part, to be the first one, man. I appreciate that, guys. My, well, I guess my first question for you is, you know, you, you're saying you're excited, but what are you mainly excited about? Like, when you think about coming on here, what, what is the first thing that pops into your brain that, that you want to get out of your mouth? You know what and I mean? And so much has been going through my head, right? It's like, do I want, you know, because recently I, I kind of said I wasn't doing these shows anymore, right? I'm going to step away from doing the bigger shows. And I'm like, oh, do people want to know why? And I do, I want to get into that because part of this I wouldn't worry about right? that part. That, that's so... We it took us a hot minute for the first show to get past that idea of, well, what do people really care? Do they really want to know? Right. You know that, that's but an easy you just trap gotta, to get into. Just gotta speak your mind. So yeah. then, and then it was like, well, how far do I want to go back? And what am I excited? I don't know, man. I'm just excited to. What's going on in Midland, Texas, right now with EDM is really exciting, right? I've been here, like I told y'all, man. Fucking, I've been doing this since '99, '98 with my little brother and, and Ryan Glenn. I'll give him a shout out, like. A lot of the old school guys, they, they, they call me up, they're like, if you're going to do it, man, you got to make sure you tell it right. Like, you know, James, <laughs> Boogie, fucking Daniel Madrid, all those guys, like from the old school guys, we've been doing this for a long time, right? It's not a, a thing that just sparked and here it is. Like, it's, it's, more it's, been, a, it's been a building block. Like, dude, it's been stressful on, on relationships. Like, trust me, it can be, DJing is not like just, oh man, and see, I'm not your average, I don't, I don't do birthdays i don't do the quinceaneras i don't do the all the time shit right I, yeah. I like wait for a specific show i've gotten to that point 20 years now i feel like i've gotten to where i can sit and pick and choose what i want to do i don't have to do it all the time and then i got to where i was doing these these bigger shows right and that it takes a lot out of you it, it really i've known in the last three years since the Borgor show that was like the first big one that man it, it takes a lot of planning a lot of stress. Is it going to work out? Are people going to show up? And then, you know, it fell into fucking COVID. COVID came yeah. in. And so, you know, and then... Do you uh, still enjoy it? Do you yes, still love it? Yes, dude. Okay, so that's the hardest part, right? It's like an addiction, man. It's, uh, I, I say, I always tell my wife, like, the day of, I'm like, I don't even know why I do this because my stomach is in knots and I'm, no. that anticipation of that, that, yeah, that first bass beat when it comes on and, you're doing a sound check and you hear that, boom, boom, man, dude, it, that feel. And, and it's not even the, oh, man, it's the adrenaline. Like, and I've played some bigger thing when people, every little knob you turn and every sound you make come out of that thing and the whole fucking crowd will just jump. Man, that's an addiction that nobody knows except those people that have been on that stage to do that. Yeah. And it feels like, man, and, that, and I always want to get back to that. Yeah. It's always, and you know, you sit there and you dream in your bedroom. We started this, like I said, my little brother, and we would just sit in our car. Like, cause the old school for you had to, 
order records, right? I started off two turntables and a fucking... And you had to order records from like satellite records and shit like that. And it would, did we get this little spot or maybe like 15, 20 second little, and then you, whether you wanted to order or not and you order it in and they cost you $12 a record and then shipping and handling. If you wanted to order 15 records, it's going to cost you like $150, right? It was expensive back then. And then you got the records in and then none of it was what you liked. Maybe three of them worked out for what you were trying to do, right? So it was a very expensive hobby and, and a heavy hobby. What pushed you into the hobby? What influenced you to want to decide to be a DJ? Because something had to have happened. So or like I, I, I was in, there? so in, I was in 98, I, I went to college, I went to the Art Institute of Houston. And here, well, Midland, back in 98, there was nothing. It was, you know, there was no influence of anything. And my brother came down with, like I said, Ryan Glenn, and, and they were like, dude, we're gonna go to this club. It's cl- it was called Emo. And so the first part of it until like one o'clock, it would be this like emo type club. But at, at one o'clock, it switched to Club Sum and it became electronic music till eight in the morning. So we would go there at two o'clock in the morning. Dude, old school raves were different. They weren't this uh, where you start at nine o'clock and end at two o'clock and everybody goes home. No, nah, that shit, you know, and then you got an after party. No, nah, you went, you didn't get there till like 11 o'clock and you left that building and your eyes were burning because you were so used to and the, the nighttime and the sun sitting you in the morning. You're like, you know, whatever drug you've been taking, you're all fucked up still. Like, man, I've left many a time at Austin Music Hall still tripping balls on some acid. Well, like, I'm telling you, I've seen some shows there I saw a rabbit uh, rabbit in the moon there and that was that was crazy but anyway I digress I get sorry oh, uh, I, know. You're I forgot what we were even talking about there for a minute influence, like, influence uh, inspiration. so yeah you know club song so I went there in college and it was and the first time I heard electronic music I was just like holy shit I, I like this right and then I kind of met this guy there he was like DJing hip-hop and he took me to another club and I just was, man, I like the look of the record, the way it felt, the way it smelled. Like, I was I was all in for that. So then I, I kind of quit school. We came back. My brother bought his first, uh, his first set of turntables. And it was just kind of, from that point on, it was, you would listen to the music, right? And we would go to these shows in Austin. And I wanted to be the one that gave that, right? Like, that my take on the music. That's what I feel like, right? Now, when I, when I make sets, it's... I don't just throw everybody. It's really weird, right? I can't just go to a place and just oh, I got a whole like a hundred and fifty tracks, and I'm just gonna throw on and see how it feels. Yeah. That's never how I put a set together. When I go on, like that's why I only want to do one, two, three shows a year because I put my heart into it. If you ever listen to every set I get, it's a story of my life for the past six months to the year. Like it's telling you a roadmap to how I feel right then. I'm not just throwing tracks because is good there's a reasoning to why i put everything where i put it and that's why i feel like i take a little longer to i don't want to just go out there and, yeah, you're taking and, and put a watered down yeah. version of, of some music right yeah, there's some soul and, and, pride and into yeah and so yeah. you know it's all about we sat in our in our trucks many a time me and my little brother jamming this song and listening to, to different ways to put these sets in and imagining how this the crowd would react to that right because that's what i felt when i went to these shows and Midland didn't have anything like that. And I wanted to give all these kids that opportunity to do that, right? Like, to finally throw a show where they're like, what I saw when I went to these shows, like a laser show, and they were like, <laughs> and nobody knew what that was here. Like, to give that back. Now, you know, you have all these festivals, 
the internet. You can look all that shit up, right? Yeah. Like, back then, you didn't have that. There was the only way to figure that out is to come rent a goddamn warehouse, put some speakers yeah. there, and, and give that people that feel. So my job wasn't to give the people what they want to hear. My job was to give the people what they didn't know they wanted to hear. Like right? That. You I see what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I'm playing. Like, people worry about, oh, your genre. I don't, I don't want to hear this kind of... Fuck that. I'm going to show you what I'm playing. And you're going to enjoy it because trust me, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Right? That's, say, that's why. That kind of leads into my next question. Like, was there a specific, like, record or song that made you, like, fall in love? With? Like, when you heard it, you knew, like, oh, yeah. I could do something so, with that. So, this is old school, right? <laughs> I, we were at, I can tell you exactly. I was at the Austin Music Hall. Uh, I was watching Derek Carter. I don't even know. He's old school house legend, man. Derek Carter. Uh, and he, he was sitting up there like this godfather behind these fucking turntables with fucking shades on, holding the goddamn cigar, and was just like, had this vibe, man. And then he throws this fucking remix that he made of Destiny's Child Bugaboo. And he's like, Be-. I mean, dude, it was the most sickest thing I saw. And I, I right then, I was like... That's what I want to fucking do. I want to sit up there with this pimp-ass smile, holding my shit and showing and just being like, Yo, y'all digging that shit, right? That's what I fucking wanted to do. That was the point I really knew I wanted to fucking do shit. I wanted to do this. I can't sing. I love music, right? I can't sing for shit. I do it anyway. I do it at my work and shit now, right? I, I sing all the time, but I'm not very good at it. But I love fucking music, man. And the only way I could get that out to people was through DJing, right? But I don't want to show them... Stuff they already know. Now it's good, you know, I throw in something that people know, but I'm hoping it's a remix that they don't because I want to open their ears to stuff that they don't know, yeah. that they like yet, right? Like, yeah, it's, and it was a hard sell, even even when it got bigger around here because all these shows, it's all like, you know, no disrespect, but it's all dubstep, blam. And I'm a little <laughs> bit different. I don't do that. I, I'm trying to get emotional with the set. I'm trying to show you some other stuff. So it was kind of a hard sell, but I'm glad people dug it, right? I guess no. they dig it, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because that's what I've been talking about with him because uh, I've been trying to get him into, like, uh, DJing, uh, kind of starting yeah. off and all that. And, like, because his, like, style of music is, like, way different from anything that's playing right now, even, like, the house. Right. Dumb I'm stuff. very out there in my yeah. taste. <laughs> well, and, and that's all right, dude. See, my yeah. thing is I don't care if I go to a show what the style of music is, right? What I don't like is when... It's all every DJ plays the same style of music, right? Yeah, I want I want I an eclectic that. thing, right? I want I want different types of music because I go to a show to be wild and like hear something new. And if I hear like say dubstep for six fucking hours, it starts to all sound the same. Yeah. Like, and I don't I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it just does sometimes, right? And that's what that was the whole you know knock on early time like. What they call techno, right? Every, like I was telling you, everything was techno music, right? Yeah. I put just in case nobody can see this. I'm putting quotations in the air. <laughs> Electronic music was not called EDM back in the day, right? Everybody just knew it as techno. They didn't know it was genres, man. House, trance, subgenre. Now there's a million and fucking one subgenres of music, right? It's it's fucking crazy. Well, I fully agree with you, man. Like I I like dubstep just because I like the the release of it sometimes. Right. But it, it, there's a certain point where you're like, okay. Like, I don't feel that anymore. Yeah, it's I, like, I need something else. And, and I did it too because I love dancing. But I also dance. really enjoy I love dancing. Like, like, I'm a rap guy at my heart. Right, like, right. I really love, like, I need words sometimes. Vocals. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I need no, I feel to you. To, something, I need something vocally. To. And I am. I, I'm a real vocal guy. I like, a lot like, of my sets are kind of vocally. It. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to bring you in. You, you got to yeah. play that shit. No. And so, I, I feel like a, a different mixture 
in in shows, right? Like because. But I think that's starting to happen, you know. Because I think a lot of these newer DJs, they have a, yeah, they're they're all kind of in the same field, but I think they all got a little bit of a different smell to them, you know. What yeah, I mean? and see, that's what I'm telling you. I don't care what what genre you're playing, as long as you play it right. Yeah. Like if you know how to DJ and you DJ right, the set's gonna fucking blow up. Right. But people like if it's just like one track and it's got another track and. It's like another track. Well, then you're letting the music dictate what your set is, right? Yeah. Not the DJ dictating what the crowd's doing. Well, and that's that's what I kind of feel like I, I maybe do a little different. I don't know. I like to think that my mixing dictates how they move, not just the song alone. Because yeah, any motherfucker point. can go on with the sync button and play two tracks together. But how you blend them together to make something unique, that's what I try to do, right? Yeah. You know what kind I mean? Of, uh, kind of speaking on what you said earlier about, like, the addiction side of it. Like, whenever I first, like, even played out at, like, a house party and, like, I had control of, like, the energy of the room. House parties are legit, boy. Like, I love I, small, intimate rooms. Yeah. I wanted to do that at the Hacienda somehow. I was, like, planning on doing a big sh- in that little patio room, right? Yeah. Have a headliner, but I wanted to play last. And put a stage right in the fucking middle of that place, yeah. and then yeah, right, right where that thing uh, is, and kind of have it covered. And then one, once the headliner went down, I wanted nothing, no lights. Turn off the light, just one, maybe some red shining lights, and just yeah. me, the crowd, and the music. That this, would be my ultimate dream. Of I love how you just said like red because we've had this idea for a while to throw a red room party. See, that just was just, I don't red. know something about that. <laughs> I don't know why. You might get disoriented after a while. But for an hour, I think it would work out. You know, I think you'd be all right. Maybe red and cool. some strobes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, something like that. But yeah, that's, I'm all about the, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you're good. About, you're good. About the house. It, it's definitely, like, interesting, like, from that first moment, you see, like, people are actually, like, into what you're putting out. Like, they, they feel, like, your soul behind what yeah. you're playing. It's like it, like you said, it's an addiction. Like just from the four months I've been doing it, like I can already feel like I want more. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, people people sometimes because when I try to tell, oh, you're a DJ, right? Even families, I don't really know it. Like yeah. you know, I've been doing this. Oh, you're a DJ. Can you come do my? No, nah, man. I'll do. I I know your family, but I'm not gonna go play your top forty fucking hits. No. Like that's not what I do. Spotify like, can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Put your iPhone to it. Can you play, play Bad Bunny? You like, can do that with an iPhone. That's, that's not what I do. Like, oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Shit. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Oh, like our, our original our podcast, that was like our whole thing was like losing track. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. starting on a, on a topic and then it's like, oh man, because well, that's honestly the eye. best part. Like you get into some, you start really digging deep when you're just your brain's going, you know, yeah. and you're just blitting that stuff out. Like that's that's <laughs> the magic stuff, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're trying to get you to do. Um, <laughs> but so basically, my next question was like uh, compared to like DJing back then versus DJing now, like what are some of the major differences? Like besides like saying like the, the decks you're playing on and all that. Uh, now that, that kind of helped me. Uh, so now I remember, right? Like, like, so I got family and all that. Yeah, you tell everybody you're a DJ, right? And everybody kind of laughs at it. And to me, it's not like, to me, it's like art. Like what I'm doing, at least what, the way I go at it, right? To me, like I tell you, it's, it's a part of, I'm sharing tracks that are a part of me that I've listened to that Man, when I play, sometimes I cry, right? Like, they are fucking emotional songs, right? And so I want to share that emotion with the crowd. And there's been times that I'm on stage that I can't even help it, man. That that track's going, and it just takes my... I can feel my... my the goose The hair on my arms Do you feel like you're almost trying to tell, like, a story? Yeah, no, definitely. It is definitely 100% a story. If you listen to every track, there's some sort of... 
if it's in my set, there's a meaning for it, right? Like, oh, I it's got a deep some some way. That. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway. Some way, in shape, or form, it's like it's it's a part of me. That track is right, and so to me, like it's an art form, right? And so, when back in the day we were using these turntables, right? Because this also goes into the whole uh, sync button thing. <laughs> Use the sync button, right? So I I feel like look, I've cut my teeth on fucking two turntables. Not even direct drive, belt drive. I don't even know if y'all know what that means, right? I have no idea. Like, so there's, two t- you know, belt drives are some cheap ass that use a belt to turn the turntable. So oh, okay. the reaction isn't great. Like, so if you're trying to start your track, because there's no button to start, and there's no computer that's going to hold your your track on beat, right? So you got to ear it, and if the, the band, even if your band start to, like, loosen up a little bit, you're going to lose some of your traction, even no matter what you put in your track set, yeah. right? So, like, direct belts, they're, they're more geared. It's more spot on. Once you start it, it starts, stops, everything. You get more control over that shit, right? And so, uh, you know, it's almost like back then in the day, we, we were DJing with, or, like, painting a picture with rocks, right? Yeah. We got these huge things here, and it's like, here, they're like, draw a picture on this wall, and I'm drawing it with these chalk and shit, right? <laughs> and then... Time goes by and they come up with new things. Man, I remember the I, I bought a controller when it first came out and everybody gave me shit. They were like, even before CD turntables and shit, they gave me shit because it was like, oh, dude, what do you do? You're selling out. You're going digital. You got to stay vinyl. <laughs> and now look, you can't even buy a fucking vinyl. Everything's no. fucking digital. Let you me just tell you, MP3 killed the true DJ, right? No. Like, let me just say, I well, love the MP3. I love the easiness of I it. Call that Trust progress. me, my, my <laughs> back is saved from not carrying fucking uh, records to every show. But to me, the, the MP3 almost killed the real DJ, right? Like, uh, the whole learning how to fucking beat match on tables. Like The crazy thing about that, when you, I got two points I want to hit real quick. The crazy thing about that is, like, you're learning by ear. Like, that's a hard skill yes. to develop. Like, that's not an easy thing to do to match two songs together just by your ear. And like, then you have like, to, to, you know, most your equipment, if yeah. it's not spot on, it's a little harder, right? Yeah. There's no little lines that I'm seeing to match up, even without the sing button. That's why I think the sing button is so irrelevant, right? Because yeah. it's still as easy. If I just hit the button and move it over, I'm going to line them up. The, it tells me the readout here, so yeah. what the fuck? Why don't I just use the sync button and just make it easier for everybody, yeah. right? Like, I've already learned how to fucking spin. I know yeah. how to beat match without... Without a sync button, who am I trying to who am I trying to prove? Right? <laughs> no, my job is to put the best product on when I'm yeah. up there on that stage. The the Especially thing. if I'm gonna open before Dioro. Like, do you think I'm gonna like even like try to like have some shit get off? Hell no! I want that shit perfect, man. Yeah. And I practice that shit over and over, right before then. So like, that's where where I'm at with sync button. Like, fuck, you know, it is what it is. But I feel like, you know, as time progressed, it just the equipment made it easier and more accessible for everybody to become a DJ, yeah. right? Because really, back then, if you were, I'm sorry, if you were a true lover of music, right, even though it was expensive, even though you had to lug around all this stuff, you were still buying records because it's what you love. Now, they're $1.50. I could just buy 150 fucking tracks, and it doesn't even matter. They're all shitty. Some are good. It doesn't matter. And you're just throwing kind of filth out there, right? Like, that's why I don't respect, a, I mean, not respect, but I just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, bro, come on. I, I get it. And I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to spit shade on anybody out there. This is just my personal opinion on on how I feel about the music and shit. Yeah. You know, hearing you talk, you're saying you wanted to build the community and grow all this stuff out here. 
And then, you know, now it's easier for new DJs to become that. Right. I mean, wasn't that the eventual goal? I, yeah, yeah, and, and that's why, and that's why I don't mind the. I'm not a hater yeah. of the. I was trying to progress it, right? That's what it's about. Like, Progression, it, right? Yeah. Isn't that that's what it is? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so no, I am definitely more than ecstatic, like the way it is right now, because yeah. dude, there's a, a bunch of you guys, young young guys, like you say, you know, Patrick and all these guys, uh, uh, Ever, and you got Josh, and you know, I know I'm, I'm probably missing a few of them out there, Joseph, you know. These are young guys that are honestly what maybe two three years into mixing, but if I put down two turntables like and I'm like here's some records, mix that shit. Yeah. Are they gonna be able to mix that shit in front of somebody live, dude? I remember I would put my first record on and my hands would shake like this. They would like I was so nervous up there. Just like start that first record. <laughs> like oh shit, gotta get that first mix on. But you get that first mix on, and then like I said, woof, everything just shuts down and yeah. it's just me. I don't even know the, the size of the crowd matters, but it doesn't, right? Because yeah. it just becomes me and the music and what I'm trying to portray to everybody else. Well, and and I had seen a couple of those posts where it's like uh, here recently about how DJs back then it was more like hands on, like actually yeah, yeah, definitely. You definitely had to be constantly rather than the what's up EDC, right? I mean, and don't get don't get me wrong, that's all fun and games yeah. too, right? That's part of what it is to be the DJ now, right? Yeah. I, I guess. But, you know, it, it also depends on where you're at, right? If you're a club DJ, like, it's a little, you're, you're still into it. Now, if you're going to be on stage in front of 2,000 people and you want to throw your hands up and, like, get the crowd pumped, fuck it, dude. You deserve to be there for some reason, right? Yeah. You're doing that spot. Dude, do your thing. I'm not hating on it. Like, yeah. do whatever it is that you do. <laughs> whatever you're doing is doing right, right? Because you're on that stage and that other guy isn't. Yeah. So do your thing. You know, that's the whole thing, like, with... Oh, do openers go hard? Because that, that came up with the Dioro shit, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if y'all... Oh, did y'all go to the Dioro shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we can dive into that if you want. I don't know, Dio. Do we want to get... I don't want to fucking burn any bridges and <laughs> not ever do a show again. Yeah. But I'm old school, man. Yeah, I'm like... I'm they, they told me... Oh, man, I don't even know. Maybe If we do another show, we'll dive into the fucking yeah. that shit for another gotcha, show. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I don't know. I want to backtrack way far because, you, you know, when I asked you if you're... I went to the story part, storytelling part, you know. You said you were definitely trying to tell a story. It's kind of hard for me to gather my thoughts real quick, but do you feel like that story was heard? Like, when you walk away from the deck, do you feel like you were heard? Or that story was told? I do, right? I, I do when, man, when you look out there and that crowd is jumping, like, they're in, at least into the beat, right? Like, yeah. So, but it's not until after when you walk away and those people come up to you and they're like, bro... The set was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's when well. I know. When I, and if I just did that for one person, yeah. Yeah. then I did my job, right? Because yeah. that one person right there is going to like EDM now. Or if he did it, or if he did, or if I changed it, right? That one person went out of their way to tell me, yo, what you did was fucking excellent. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for, right? Is that, is to make sure you touch somebody with what you're doing, right? Cause, that little bit of acknowledgement. Yes, yeah. like, I mean, and dude, it means a lot. Like, honestly, yeah. like, it, it, that's what to I was all these guys, like, I know a lot of these guys, I mean, a lot, I mean, I don't know because we haven't talked to them all yet, but I feel like a lot of the motivation is to be heard. Right. You know, and, you know, you know I don't, like I said, I can't speak for anybody else, but to me, it was about sharing my story, right? Yeah. Like, I love the music, and the way I can share a story is through these 30, 40 tracks that I'm going to play for you in this hour. Yeah. Like, and so if you really are into it, listen, man. That's why I used to go to it, right? These guys, I would be so excited about what new, because it was harder then, right? Because records were very rare, right? As, as far as 
they're only going to press a certain amount and it's not accessible to everybody. So when I went to these shows, it was like, if I heard a remix of something, it was like, bro, how are we going to find that? You know, me and my brother like, dude, where are we going to find that track? It wasn't like we can just, you know, hold your phone up, hey, Google, what is this song? And then go turn around and order it right there on Beatport. It, it wasn't like that, dude. I had to go hunt for that song if I wanted it, right? Like. And not every record place had it. Like, but someone saying, might not tell you because they don't want you to use it. No, that's how it was. It was like, dude, for reals. It was like, like so awesome. all these computers. Yes, dude. I would never share records because, like, bro, that's the. It cost me twelve dollars to get yeah. that record. Yeah. You go spend that twelve dollars to get that record. And now, dollars, yeah. You know? And now it's even weirder. Some people don't even spend money, right? You can go YouTube. You burn yeah, the fucking track. It, so. Like it's so. It, it killed making money for any like music people right mp3s like yeah. now you got a tour to make money almost right that's the way it is i will right? say i am glad that djs are starting to have more like especially like the big djs they're starting to have like those ids of tracks as like yeah, you know yeah. it's never going to be well, released yeah no definitely and, uh, and you know i know some people that probably I, I know like cdjs now you can't just play that shit it won't play your track right yeah. if you burn it so like dude everybody dj go out there and buy your tracks that's the way you support the scene, right? Like, buy your tracks, man. It's just a good Like, guy. you would want somebody to pay for your shit if you made it. Like, just be respectful, man. Yeah. Go buy your tracks, dude. It makes it so much easier. Well, imagine right? if you walked into a club and heard your setup, though. Yeah, I was like... Imagine that feeling. Like, what the fuck? Or <laughs> 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 like with the, that, that, uh, that marshmallow guy that came to... Odessa or anything? I don't want to call anybody out again, but I got some shit for that. Like, when I called out that guy, right? Because I get it. Look, I know he does things for children. It was a children event, right? But I wasn't, also getting attention. I, no, I wasn't dogging on, on what he was trying to do, right? I was just joking around about blah, blah, blah. And then somebody hit me up on Facebook. is like, bro, you're a little bit more in the limelight now. You got to be careful what you do because... Some people take what you say as serious or may have taken offense. No, because the guy that, that did hit me up, look, he had a child that had that they were helping out, right? And so much respect for him, dude. Good friend of mine. I, I'm not dogging on uh, – but it did bring out – So I got to be careful or whatever. You know, I never thought I was ever going to be in a – Dude, I'm a guy from this place over here, right? And then doing these shows, playing with fucking Steve Aoki and Dioro, right? Like, come on. I never thought in a million years that my voice – was gonna be heard like that and that and so I gotta be careful with yeah. what I write. You and I all of a yeah, because it comes with a bit of a yeah. bit of responsibility too, right? You it's have not a bit just of power and influence. Of yeah, community, and it's know? it's it's honestly really weird because I'm just like I said, some dude that now runs a Tuesday morning. Well, you're not in a good position to be a bit of a leader. Yeah, know? no, that yeah. and and honestly, that's what, dude. That's what I want for everything. I I ain't hating. If you notice, I don't have a, a production company, right? Yeah, when I did could. all these shows, when I did you the really show, could. honestly, the the so the Borgor show, the uh, the Alien show, basically the the Dior show. Those are mine, right? Those are my shows. Like maybe I didn't put the funding in it, yeah. but I ran everything to get that shit done, right? Like You're running around stressing. Yeah, but if you didn't see a production <laughs> company name on the shit, right? Even like like it's just not my style. Like I just want everyone to thrive, right? It's not about building a, a I mean I, I guess it is right a name and a market for yourself but well if you can here you should here it's about building the scene because man if if my show don't go up ain't nobody's show's gonna go off right like I mean if you bring Dioro and Dioro doesn't go up you can't do that shit anymore, after right? yeah, yeah. like you have to like you have to like 
support that kind of shit. So, yeah. you know, and I'll give a shout out look to like uh, these little clubs now that are starting to pop up that everybody's right. trying to do EDM nights. Like, why not on Thursday? Hey, shout out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> like, man, it was good when it started, right? The first two nights. And then it kind of died off. Like, because it's, I don't know if it's where we're at. But, you know, if you don't know the guys that are DJing, you don't show up. But it has to be an every week thing, right? To where everybody shows up and supports no matter who the fuck is up there playing. Yeah, and that's kind of what we, we have been saying before. It's like, even though we're more like bass heads yeah. and stuff like that, it's like we'll go to the, the like all the different shows at Why Not and stuff and like go to even like if, uh, like say Dioro isn't really what we listen to, like we'll go to the events just to show that people will show up to the I mean, medium. It's stuff. gonna be an amazing show no matter who the headliner is, right? That's yeah. their job, right? Like, yeah. Well, at least it's their I, job. I think it'll get better. I mean, I think that those nights will start growing. More I, I'm hoping so, those nights. Because I do see new faces every time I go to these things. There are new faces in there. Even people that don't look like they don't really like fit into the crowd, you know, right. like new, new, new faces. I mean, they're there, they're dancing. I've seen some people that don't look like they have ever seen, listened to Wearing anybody. like a Columbia shirt. And a yeah, but they're like, <laughs> Dude, the other night I was there, and the guy came in with that cowboy hat, two guys, and I was like, I don't know if they accidentally walked in here, but they're Oh, in Dallas, I saw some cowboy, man, like dancing his heart out. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> the, the music touches everybody. It really is. Like, it's on the radio now. It's not near as, yeah. you know, arbitrary to hear some nice DJ song on the radio because that's everything is almost electronic like yeah. even pop now right it's all based in electronic music nothing is made with fucking instruments hardly anymore this would be fucking real it's all EDM yeah. but they just choose to call that pop because it's somebody you know they don't want to put it's EDM just on a like, yeah like everything. it's so fucking crazy <laughs> so uh I about this <laughs> uh, I know you did a, a set or a performance, I guess, at EDC in 2001. Yeah, that, that was really cool. That was a that was an experience. You know, it, what, so 2001, right? EDC was at the time a thing that was in California a lot at the time, right? It was a uh, it was new there, San Francisco. I think they had done maybe like three of them there, and they were branching out. You know, Arc Entertainment. I don't know if you ever heard of Arc Entertainment. They did a lot of shows back in the day, uh, a lot of huge shows, Airport, Candy, blah blah, a lot of badass shows, and. Um, one of the guys, I can't remember his name, but we had a small little a little club here called The Underground. It's now a tattoo shop. It's off Big Spring, and do you know where Supermercado is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know that little shopping center across the street? There used to be a little building in there, and it was called The Underground. That sounds and cool. And we started it off, <laughs> and dude, uh, I think his name was Scott. Anyway, he started this cool little club, man, and that's where we started DJing. They would let us go in there and go on the weekends, and it was really underground, right? Because it was... Not near as mainstream. It was the people who had no place to go, right? Yeah. The the outcast. the the outcast that yeah. felt weird, right? If you were gay at the time, like it was so different than it is now, right? Yeah. A lot of people they're like, oh man, you know, <laughs> it's funny. That's no, that's a whole other topic. I'll get into that later or some shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was really un underground, right? It yeah. was a bunch of kids that just. That went there to have fun, man. We took a lot of drugs. Like, dude, it was a lot of drugs. That we didn't have a no. It was not a lot of money. It was really we spray painted the walls. My 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 little brother, he tagged up the the whole front wall. Like, yeah, that sounds cool. It was, was dude. It was like a, it was like a family. It's where I met my wife. Like, yeah. you know, it's where we we like. What do you you know? 
Okay, cut our teeth there. Yeah, that's like, really cool. That's really cool well, uh, me and that, that's for a whole other story, man. How I met my <laughs> wife. Like, I actually, the Bronco, though, it's no longer there. It's, it used to be in Dallas. I actually jumped on stage, got to the guy, and had him with the laser on the thing spell out, will you marry me? Really? Oh, the laser. Wow. Well, it was Christopher, uh, what was wow, Christopher cool. Lewis was playing. That's really cool. And we jumped on stage, and we were all in the front. I'm like, look up there. And, like, it said, hey, Lizzie, will you marry me? Blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 23 years later. Damn, man. That's yeah. a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we had this little club, Underground. And I, this guy would come in there, and he was friends with, with my friend Ryan. And he had something to do with ARC Entertainment or something like that. And asked us, they were going to do a VIP stage. And they were trying to get locals from all over Texas to fill these slots. And he asked us three if we wanted to go. Me and my brother and Ryan was the Oracle at the time. And uh, oh, that's, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and so it was, and we were like, yeah, sure. And he's like, well, you got to bring a mixer. I was telling you. like, So we had, we had to bring our own mixer. Like, and we, we plugged in and man, I don't know if you ever heard the story of that, that it was like Woodstock. It was, they set up tents, the rain came in and it was like, they did it out in the middle of nowhere in Austin and it was like this clay everywhere, right? They bust everybody in. So you would have to park in this parking lot. Everybody would get on the bus. They would come in and unload everybody there. And, And I'm talking like tons of people. And at the end, the bus systems were fucked up by the end. Like, I remember we walked through pastures, through people's houses at the end. It's like <laughs> 6 in the morning, right? There's a bunch of raver kids, like, going through these All pastures. Dude, around covered in mud. I'm talking covered in mud because it rained and it was all this mud everywhere. And then I knew how these people were out there drinking coffee. And you could just, it was like a sea of, like, young kids in jinkos because that's what it was back then, right? You wore the... The big old wide Jinko legs, because it was about uh-huh. about the Jinkos and shit, you know. Now it's a, it's a lot less clothing at the shows. Now, like, <laughs> like you know, I don't, I have no idea to envision that. Right. Like, you, have you, I guess, have you been to like a newer EDC? Like, I have like, not. So I've not been. To, honestly, I haven't been to any festival like since Ooh. for a while. I haven't been to a, a huge massive kind of festival. Well, it was so you know like. You know, I start DJing. I, I did it for a while. And like I told you, I had a real serious problem with alcohol. And, like, I think that mm-hmm. killed my career early because I, like I said, I was telling him, I was always had a good knack for listening to tracks and sharing good music. But my alcoholism always that killed my business sense. Dude, I did a lot of people wrong. Like, I did. I, I fucked some people over. Like, I'm not happy for it. I'm not, not proud of it. But it I, I did some, some ugly shit yeah. when I was drinking, right? Like, not giving a fuck, running over people. And I, honestly, I'm a big thing of karma, man. There was a reason I wasn't going any farther than when I was. Yeah. Like, and I lost a lot of money, too. I threw a lot of shows, and karma hit me. I would fuck people over on money, and I got fucked on money. I, I lost a lot of money on one big show. And my wife was like, that's it. You're done. This was like a long, this was, God, probably like 15 years ago. And so we kind of moved to Dallas, and like I said, I was still drinking. I got a lot of DWIs. Why not get busted? I went to prison for DWI. And it took that to like really open my eyes on what did I want, right? Yeah, like, where do you want your life? To do you, you want to come back in here? And because man, Texas, I don't know, you know, Texas, they're hardcore. DWI, yeah, they don't, they, they they don't, don't fuck around. around. Yeah. And <laughs> so, like, you know, I know if I get another one, I'm gone. Like, I don't yeah. even want to play with that shit. And everybody in there, they're always about, you know, hey, how can I fix it? Uh, how can I? I just won't drive when I drink, or like. 
I'll get somebody to come pick me up when I drink. I'm like, bro, the problem isn't that. The problem is the drinking, my man. And so I was able to quit drinking. Like, honestly, I got out. I got out of that, and I was like, done with that shit, right? And anything I've done now in these past few years with all these stuff, I never, never would have even accomplished had I still been in that bottle because, dude, clarity is a lot. Like I know I'm not I'm not sober, right? I still smoke some weed. I fucking I I'll take hell out of acid. You know, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a old school guy. I'll take some fucking acid. I take it. I love. But uh, uh, yeah, dude, the clarity that comes with not drinking and being fucked up at a show all the time, like it is amazing, right? People hated me, I think, like because yeah. I was an asshole. I'm not gonna lie, I was a fucking asshole, and. Uh, so shit, none of this shit would have happened. So it, I got out of prison. I quit drinking. And then I, I, I took like four years to really just kind of chill, get back to society, make sure I was going to be right in my head. And then I told my wife a few, you know, maybe like, what, five years ago. I'm like, look, I'm not getting any younger. I'm about I'm 41, yeah. 40. I was like, well, well that's, let me just. Young. Yeah, but I mean, you know, in, in the in the game scheme, if you think about it, like, look, I'm. Like I was telling him, it's hard on a relationship, man. Yeah. Because if I really, I, I'm a guy, dude. If I put my mind to it, I'm gonna accomplish my goals. That's what I want to do. That's the kind of fire. Like, and I, and I, I told her, I was like, look, I'm not drinking anymore. Let me get back into music. Let me just see what I can. Do. Let me try. Again. Let me just, let me just dip yeah. my toe in there. So I got with these guys that I used to, you know, James Rat Ferguson, buddy, uh, uh, <laughs> Roland Isles. His name is Jay Mike, and we did a little. We did the the basin. What was it? What we called? Now I can't remember. I got put on the spot. <laughs> but we threw a small, a small little show. It was called Candy Hearts. And man, I played that show, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't a whole lot of people there. But man, I, the vibe that I got from doing that show, I was like, bro, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all in. Yeah. Like, fuck the bullshit. I'm gonna do it right this time. Yeah, and yeah. almost like a redemption story. Yeah. Like, huh? Yeah, and it's, dude, and this is, oh man, do we got time? Because this is gonna get long. Uh, we got as much time as we need. So yeah. I, I met up, but I told you after that, I did that show and I was doing, and then I went to Kong's. They asked if there was a, a competition in Kong's, a DJ competition. And I, I was Sounds like, bro, cool. I'm in. So I went to Kong's and I won. Wow. I won the competition, and, yeah, I, and yeah. there's some put. There, I think Alchemy was in there, one of them. I oh, think nice. uh, uh, Trapulo was oh, one of nice. the contestants, yeah. and I can't remember who else. But I won, and I won a spot to open for Candy there at at Kong's, and so I had some some momentum going right there, right? And uh, my homeboy comes. He so I told you it was me, my brother, and this guy named Ryan. He was the Oracle at the time, and I don't want to get too much into him because. You know, it's a sad story, man. A lot of talent wasted on addiction and wanting to... Well, that's a story told about Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even with the... Man, it even goes into the Borgor show, right? Because he... So he comes to me and he's like, yo, he just got out of prison. He had been selling some stuff, right? And he's like, I want to get back into it. I was like, all right, bro, look. I'll go in all in with you. I was like, but you need to... You, you handle the, the getting the venue and, and shit like that. Because he said he already had an end somewhere that he wanted to get... I was like, look, I'll trust you. I'll do... Because I actually have a degree in graphic design, right? Like, oh, okay. So I was like, look, I'll do the marketing, graphics, and all that stuff, and I'll handle that in, and and promotion and stuff, and you handle the other end. So he went and talked to the Hacienda. I never had gone out there. And he got the full, whole Borgor show, like, full props. He got with Donnie Disco, and we had a, a thing set up to do four shows, totally. And uh, <clears throat> so he got with them. And it was all going right. The posters come out for the Borgor show. 
And about two weeks before the show, I hadn't heard from him. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's he at? And <clears throat> all right. So I, I go, I go to, I go to his house, and his parents open the door, and they're like, "You didn't hear?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "He got picked up by the feds yesterday. They found him passed out in his car in the middle of something, something, oh. and with a bunch of shit and something else." And I'm like, oh, All of a sudden, my world just, you know, all of, like, well, what the fuck's going on? I hadn't gone out to the house, and I hadn't even met them yet, and so, sorry, I got thrown off. I hadn't, even, I hadn't even met them yet, and so. I'm like, all right, I gotta go out there. And I won't name another name. There was another kind of slight, not partner, but he was helping us promote, helping Ryan promote and that guy. Anyway, so I, I won't get in that. I don't wanna, I don't wanna even mess with that shit. But, uh, <laughs> so I go out there and, you know, I talk to Manuel. Manuel's a pretty fucking hardcore dude. He's a, he's a Hispanic guy and like no nonsense dude. And he was, hadn't really met me. He just met Ryan. And yeah. I went in there and I told him, I was like, bro, this is what happened. And he didn't want to trust me because of what this dude did, right? And I'm yeah. like, bro, that's not me. That's I'm like, just give me story, the chance. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, all right. And I was like, look, just let me do the show. Let me run it. Let me get everything legit. I, I, I'll get it done. So we did the show, right? We go through. And that night I'm like, all right, everybody plays. And I'm trying to get money for the locals. And I go to them, and they're like, no, they, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no money. And they're like, we'll, we'll call you tomorrow. And so I call the Hacienda the next day, and they're like, sorry, dude, you weren't on any of the contracts, so we're not going to pay. I got no money for that show. Like, no locals got paid for that show. Nobody got paid for that show. And it wasn't my I felt so bad, like, because I got these dudes, and I couldn't give them anything, right? I was like, and they wanted, and I was pissed, dude. I was yeah. And I, I think at first I went on my phone and I was fucking gonna slam him. I, I blow on fucking Facebook thing. My brother calls me, bro, stop, delete that shit right the fuck now. And I listened to him, so I deleted it. He's like, man, dude, it's one show. Look, you did your job. Just go talk to him again, right? Like, yeah. hey, Josh, brother, thank you, because that made everything that that you guys, all these shows, possible. Because he talked me down from that ledge. Well, I was ready to to go ballistic on shit, right? Because I was fucking. Like yeah. it was fucking bullshit, and uh, but then karma hit the world a month, a week later, <laughs> and COVID hit, so that shut everything down, right? So the last three shows, they never were gonna. They never have. They well, they did. They eventually the Dalians was one of them, oh, okay. but then yeah, shit got that was sour. Our first show. Shit yeah, got kind of sour with uh, so COVID goes through, right? Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I see Hacienda post something about Atlians. And I know they just did a show in Lubbock, like literally three weeks before that, yeah. the Atlians did, right? I'm like, who the fuck is planning this? Why would you plan a show in Lubbock and then three days, three weeks later do the same motherfucking show in Midland? Don't you know you need both of these towns, right? To like, you need support from Lubbock. I'm sorry. Anything you're going to do here in Midland, if you don't get that Lubbock support, it's not gonna go off. Like you need that Lubbock support because Lubbock's got a good following, right? Like Kongs, all that shit. They have a good scene there. Mm -hmm. And like if you put a, a good headliner, they'll come. But if they're gonna, they just saw them like two weeks ago. Who the fuck is gonna show? So that's why that show was, it was full, but it wasn't as full as it could have been, right? That show was supposed to be in the big room. Yeah. And ticket sales weren't great, things weren't great. And that's why day of, we moved that into the other one, right? So I, anyway, how I got to that, that point is, I'm sorry, man. No, I apologize. Awesome time, but, uh, I, I noticed they had, they had uh, 
posted something and I'm like, dude, I'm, I want to go see who's in charge of that shit, right? Not like, I want to know who's doing this. So I go out there and I talk. I sat with Manuel and them for, for a good long talk and they were like, bro, if you want to run it, it's yours. And I'm like, all right, dude, I, I guarantee you we get this shit going. He's like, all right. So I got to be direct support for Atlians at that show and run that one. And like I said, it didn't go well, but I, I tried to tell them, man, dude, it's not going to go well because whoever planned this didn't do it well. And they didn't like working with Donnie. So that's why you haven't seen another Donnie show over here at the Hacienda mm. since then, right? I've never heard that. Yeah, so I've then, you know, then it, as soon as I got done playing that show, I get off stage and he pulls me to the side. He's like, hey, I'm in Sonny Talks. He's like, hey, I'm in. <laughs> and he, uh, <clears throat> he's like, I got this show coming up. He's like, if you want on it, I'll let you play. And I look and it's the Maluma tour with Steve Aoki. Mm. And I'm like, bro, yes. I'm all on that, and it's gonna be in the amphitheater. And y'all know what happened with that show, yeah. right? Yeah, we were there. That, that's so, so crazy. So here's the crazy thing, honestly. Like, yeah. so I, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, right? Because I was. So they told me I'm gonna play that show, right? Another story. So they told me I'm gonna play. I'm like, all right, cool. So it was still about three months away, three or four months away. So about a month after the Atlanta show, I go in there to talk to him. I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure y'all are still down to let me play this show, right? And he's like, well. He's like, whoever, I don't know whose show that was. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even, I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, they brought some other local guys in, so they got a DJ to, to open, so we don't really have a spot for you now. And I was like, oh, man, what the, that, that's shitty, right? I thought I was going to yeah. play the Steve Aoki show. And he's like, and I was like, well, dude, let me have the main stage. He's like, while y'all are, fil-, and I was like, while y'all are filtering people, I'll bring some locals. They can get a feel for the big show, the yeah. big stage, while, and people will just come in and out while they're waiting. Because not everybody want to pay a hundred bucks to go watch Maluma, right? Like, because yeah. maybe you're a Steve Aoki <laughs> fan, but you ain't Hispanic Mexican music fan. No, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, so why would Those I pay a hundred dollars just to go pay to watch Steve Aoki, right? Like, I get it. It's great. But that's the only act I'm gonna go watch right so I was like bro this way people can that don't want to watch Steve Aoki can still enjoy music in here and so he's like alright so I get the I get the main stage right and I was like alright cool so I'll have like three or four locals and then I'll I'll headline in there right before Steve goes on and then everybody will close that down and then we'll all go enjoy the Steve Aoki show right so that was the plan and then the Steve Aoki show happens and then like so I get out there early dude I'm out there early and I'm like, I want to set up, because I know they're going to be busy. It's in the amphitheater. It's a lot to go with a big show like that. Like, there's a lot of production, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, man, when I got there, like, oh, I could already tell. It was a closer fuck. Like, it was like, oh, shit. This is really interesting, because we went to the show. And right? now it's really interesting to hear how it all kind of... Yeah, so it was like, so I was like, oh, shit. So I get there early. And we're going to set up on the main stage. And I'm like, hey, can y'all go ahead and get sound? I'm trying to get the logos in here early, so we can get out of your fucking way, right? Because I know you got... And they're like, yeah, we'll get it. And then, like, time just kept passing. And I think doors were supposed to open at, like, 8 o'clock, right? Doors were supposed to open at 8. So, time is passing. Time is like, 5.45. And nothing happening. And they're all doing shit outside, right? Like little ants. Everything's just going crazy. Uh, 6.30. I go in there. I'm like, hey, can we get sound in here? I got, like, three guys waiting, like... Can we get sound? They finally, all right, about 7 o'clock, they finally get sound. Right? They're supposed to open the doors at 8. I'm not even thinking nothing of it yet. I'm just like, all right, cool. So, boom, boom, got some sound going on. You know, everybody's testing their music out. About 7.30, this band comes walking in. 
I'm like, what? Guys, what's going on here? And they're like, I don't know. They, we were supposed to open out there, but they told us to come in here. I'm like, come in here? Yeah. He's like, oh, we're supposed to play EDM here from right. like 8 to whatever. They're like, no, we're going to play. They want us to open in here now because I guess they weren't done setting up outside. Oh. And I was like, oh, man. Those guys were cool. Don't get me wrong. That band was fucking legit. They were they were cool. Yeah. But so they come in, they start setting up their stuff. And I'm like telling the other guys, I'm like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, it's all we're going to we're gonna get moved out. Yeah, some of us might get bumped. It's all good. Hey, look, y'all got the Steve Aoki for free, man. It's all good. Yeah. And uh, so the band plays. And, oh, the band finally goes on at like 8.30. Doors aren't open yet. So they're playing to like almost nobody, right? So then they open the front doors and everybody starts... And they haven't opened the doors to go to the outside. So it starts, instead of everybody just coming in and bowling, they yeah. create this huge line right there at the front entrance. Like, And I was like, dude, this is not good. Like, this is not good. And so the band finally gets off at like 9.30. And I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Ever or, or, or Snacks. One of them went on and got to play for a little bit. And they're like, all right, cut it. And it was like 10 o'clock. I'm like, what? Or 9.30. And I was like, what? They're like, cut the sound. We're done. And they opened the doors to the outside finally. And so it's like this huge thing. Everybody's like, it's fucking chaotic trying to get outside. And everybody's trying to get their VIP table, right? Like, I was like, oh, my God. Why the fuck? Do you, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, that, that our whole thing with the tables, too. Like, I, I guess just being into the more dancing kind of scene, we're just like, what, what is up with the tables? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. So I'm like, hey, guys, I guess I this is it. I get it, though. I understand. So right. for a Midland crowd, if you're trying to get more people outside of the EDM. Well, y'all do notice the Dioro show. There were no tables there. They yeah. went outside. That was one thing. Yeah. I did actually be like, yo, yeah. y'all can't have that, man. You got to put that was the side. Yeah. yeah, it's like these guys, that's, they're not into the VFP shit, man. Yeah. They just want to fucking like, jump. I can, I can see that La Hacienda has been trying. They're getting better. They're getting, well, and it's that's what I was hoping better. to bring, right? Like yeah. a little, and it just sucks that I kind of walking away now. Like I really think you should try to do a producing thing, or well, like a production thing, because you if you have a lot of the ins and outs. Well, we can get into why I'm stepping away here in a second. Yeah, right? no, that, that's you know one of the questions mean? that are coming. So like, <laughs> you know, all that's going on, and it's about ten o'clock. So I just after all the disbursement, we decide to go around ten thirty. We'll go out there. And I'm still not hearing music going on out there. So, and I had my son with me, and we go. I had a VIP table right in the front. So we go out there, and we're sitting there waiting. And it's like ten thirty, and it's like eleven o'clock. And then my son's like, "Dad," and it's fucking Steve Aoki. He's like, "I'm out of here, folks. They won't even let me play one record." And my whole world just said, yeah. and "I was like, oh, what the fuck?" And then I pulled my phone out, and all of a sudden. I can see a sea of, of everybody's phone just like all of a sudden playing the same motherfucking Instagram with Steve Aoki leaving. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this real, right? <laughs> Dude, it was like the hugest disaster. Dude, Maluma, they finally got him to go on. I think he played like 30, 45 minutes and then they called it after that. It was it was not good. It was not good, fool. Yeah. So I left, right? As soon as I knew, I'm like, oh, dude, all right. It's Guys, over. I, I'm out. So like, I go home and I'm like, I'm just going to Turn my phone off. Like, I turn it off, right? I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. What the fuck? And I, I was just like, some people are going to get mad, right? They paid 100 bucks. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll open my phone the next morning. I'm talking about. So here's one of those things where it's like a bad situation. In the end, wind up good for me, right? Because 
my phone blew the fuck up, man. Everybody and their dog were hitting me up. Like, I'm talking people I didn't even know. My my Facebook messenger was like, for forever. Fucking Channel 9 News was trying to get a hold of me Damn. to try to figure out what's going on and what happened. What was the backstory? And I was like, bro, I don't Damn, even want to say, I don't even want to say nothing because I don't really know, right? I I'm didn't, not the guy. I didn't really know. Me. Yeah. I mean, I was part of the show, but I wasn't part of it, right? Wow. So, <laughs> I'm getting hit up and I'm like I don't know let me let me find out because I don't I don't want to say yes let me do a show or an interview and then the hacienda is like yo bro you shouldn't have said shit right because yeah. I respect those guys that guys did me right like no no bullshit they did uh, they paid me really well, well since, since that first one like they take care of me right you know. and so uh, <laughs> so they brought me in and I was like dude what do you what what's going on what y'all gotta let me do something and at first they were gonna let me just do a free phone party in the side patio like I was that's what I, I had planned I'm like dude I, I don't even want money I just want to throw a show so just something People guys we gotta do back. something yeah. right yeah and they bring me in and two days later and they're like don't worry about it he's like he's gonna come back and I was like and I had to sit on that for like at least two days before they actually announced it. That was so hard. Like, I was like, he's coming back. He's going to come back. And you're actually going to be on the main stage playing the main stage with, like, opening. And I was like. So, in the end. Bro, in the end, it worked out. Yeah, yes. Like, and then, out. in the end, I was giving away free tickets, right? So, I got to meet every one of you guys, right? Literally, I don't usually I, meet. You, you came you. in and met me, right? I don't get to see a lot of you guys. Like, I see everything outside, right? And if you decide to come talk to me. That's fine. Like, I meet you then. But I don't go out to like, hey, hey, did you like I said? Hey, did you like I said? Yeah. <laughs> so it was good to meet everybody who fucking actually supported and came to get a ticket, right? Yeah. And to actually put a face to these Facebook names, right? It was so hard. Like, some people have weird Facebook, you know, tan portfolio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Let me just throw one out there, brother. This Patrick. is a little shout out for you, Patrick. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I got to actually meet a lot of you guys and that was that was really cool like and it just and it just grew from that want. right and then <laughs> so we did that show right and I think COVID kind of came back a little bit after that I had a resurgence that, right? a little. I think a lot of us got sick after that didn't we oh no after Dior oh, yeah. well guys so the Dior show right so like uh, that brings up uh, uh, brings us up to then and I kind of took a few months and then I'm like I go up there and I talk to him I'm like look guys I don't know if y'all want to do another show with with Donnie and they're like, no, no, we're not, no. He's like, no, no. I was like, well, <laughs> do y'all want to do another show? And he's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, how much are you looking to pay? And he's like, don't worry about that. So I won't get into money. But he was like, just if you can go, and he's like, who do you want? I was like, dude, Dioro would be fucking dope here, I think. Like, this Hispanic, it's like, he's about to drop his album. It's all Ameri uh, Hispanic heritage. You got that. I was like, dude, it would, it would be great it here. It would kill out here. He's like, like, if you can get it, get it done. And I went out and I got it done. It took me three fucking months to get it off. And thanks to the help of SMG, those guys out there with Ryan B and mm -hmm. fucking and Adam, like those guys really came through and helped us finish that off. And like, so we brought you guys Dioro, and that's that was the easiest one, right? There was no real well, except for the drama of like me going too hard, I guess. Before oh, yeah. Dioro, but other than that, I got opinion on that. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I think you heard from the first episode. I think anybody should. That's the whole point of all this. Yes, I, I do it. Also, I've done a lot of shows, and I've never, ever, 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 ever told anybody, "Don't play your best set." Yeah, like how are you gonna like tell to me? I want everybody from the first guy on to play a fucking badass set because 
if the first guy plays badass and everybody does, dude, everybody's gonna remember that the whole show was amazing. That is the crowd. Yeah, the crowd benefits from that. It doesn't. Your ego doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, and, and so say it like that, but. <laughs> they, you know, I get there to the show and they. And we weren't gonna go into it, but I guess we will. I get there to the show, and, 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 and you know, me and my brother. So we do sound, dude. I had this badass kid, dude. To come on, we were. I was gonna. We were gonna play a version of um, uh, what is it, Sweet Georgia? Oh man, I just threw a blank of the song. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Oh. And he was gonna come on and play live guitar. Fool, he kid oh, is amazing. Sick, so he cool. was going to play a, like riff dude. dude. It was going to be fucking amazing. I've always said I wanted to see someone with a live instrument. And so we go to Soundcheck yeah. and I play that track so he can get Soundcheck also. And I'm, I'm not saying that anybody was like, but I mean, everyone's like, yo, that's just going to be badass. And be they pulled me off to the side after that Soundcheck and they're like, yo, that's not what you're going to play, are you? I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, that's it's too hard. What? Oh, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, you're gonna have to slow that down quite a bit. So they told me before the show, right? And so I go to my brother. I'm like, bro. He's like, what's up? I was like, dude, I just and we had been putting this set together, right? We were up all night, yeah. like, dude, it's we were going on stage before go, right? We we had it set. It's not like we were gonna go up there and freestyle anything and like no. guess if it's gonna work. No, <laughs> we had a set set. So you're telling me two hours before you want me to change everything? I was like, so I go to him, I go to my brother, my brother, they want us to, to calm to calm down and not play as hard. And he's like, well, that's your call. I was like, I would have done it anyway. I was like, <laughs> bro, let's just do us. I, I this is our, I was like, look, how many times do I get to play in front of Dioro, right? In front of this crowd like this. Yeah. I, I know I've done it a few times now, but I mean, honestly, how many, who knows how many more times, right? I'm gonna take advantage of it, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna go out there and play some pushy ass shit. Cause, yeah. cause management doesn't think that I'm like, dude, if he does his job, this place is gonna go fucking berserk. It doesn't matter what the fuck I do. Yeah, right? Really like, he's fucking Dioro, <laughs> right? Like, come on. And so I'm like, bro, let's just play our set. So we start. And about 30 minutes, y'all were, I don't know, do y'all notice about 30 minutes in, yeah. I go off stage. It's cause they pull me out, they pull me to the side. And the guy, the stage manager, he was fucking, they were pissed. They're like, dude, you got 20 seconds to, to slow it the fuck down. They told you beforehand, you got 20 minutes or we're going to shut you the fuck off. And I was like, really? You're just going to shut me the fuck off? They're like, we will cut the fucking power. And I was like, bro, serious? And so I was fucking, I was heated, right? And again, the so, people who suffer from that is the crowd. So I don't know if y'all know, I walk off stage. I go backstage to talk to, you know, the, the management and stuff like that. And I, was, I wasn't even going to go back on. No. Honestly, I wasn't. I was fucking pissed off. We talked in the back. Oh, I was like, I "Look, I get, I get what y'all are saying. <laughs> I, mean, I totally understand your shit. But y'all gotta understand, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a name for myself. I'm trying to like. This is honestly part of one of the reasons I'm leaving. Right? But I'm not into politics, fool. I don't, I don't like politics like that. Like, Maybe and when it's into something of my passion, like. I, I don't want the two to mix, man. I want it because I'm doing what I, cause I love. And not because I'm politically correct and going to do something right. Like, dude, where the fuck does that shit come from, I mean, that's right? That's honestly the message that we're going to stand on. Yeah, like, know, so... Because you love it. So I got pissed and I wasn't even going to go back on. And I go... I come up backstage from the back. I, I fucking punched the window in the back. People were tripping out. I thought they were going to call the cops on me, right? <laughs> I was fucking solid. And I go up to... There's this little backstage area in, in the back. And I look up there and I'm like, oh shit, my brother's still out there. 
and he's playing a little calmer house, right? I'm like, I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna do that to yeah. him. So I go back out there and I finish the set, but I was, I don't know if y'all noticed it. My energy was no, totally different for the first 30 <laughs> minutes was like ridiculous, right? That, oh, man, we, ah, oh, dude, we had that crowd like, Ooh, that that shit was dope, man. That first thirty minutes was I was living a dream, fool, for real. Like it was, man, that shit was going off. And then and then after that, it just kind of killed my vibe. But my little brother, hey, props to him, man. He went out there, he he fucking went out there and he dropped it. He he kept going with it, and I I finished off with him. And in the end, it was good. We got a good. Right. Photo with Dioro, we went backstage, kicking with them, and the end it was all good. Well, being in the crowd, it was good. You know? Yeah, you I know what I mean. Everything being good. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad nobody noticed it, maybe. Yeah. But for me, it did, right? Because it wasn't like, dude, right when that kid was about to come on, yeah. that's when they shut that it down. Great, and then dude. I was arguing with them. I was like, well, dude, this kid, just let me throw him on. And then my brother had already slowed the tracks down, so it wasn't like we could go back. In hindsight, I was like, yeah, we could have. I would've just shut the fucking thing off and let the kid play. No. But, and I felt bad cause that kid brought his whole family out, right? And I got him and his dad in, but I couldn't get his whole family out there came to see him play this one track. And he spent like a hundred and something dollars on tickets. And then he never even played. They left. I, dude, that was That's that was the worst thing of that about that night. Well, I felt so <laughs> fucking bad. And that was on me, right? Like, cause my, I felt like my ego, right? Like I put that above everything because I wanted to play my set but it I don't feel like it was right right like I, I feel like I don't know maybe to me right. it doesn't maybe matter not. it shouldn't I don't know. matter it really shouldn't matter so that that's the story with, with, yeah. with that right there oh, wow. and that's we're a, all caught up now that's a lot deeper than I thought it was. I was saying and I was gonna say with like I feel like I don't know your experience like with Dior himself but I feel like Dior wouldn't have minded if like, I don't think he did. Like, I don't <laughs> think he knew what the fuck was that weird play. I didn't even notice. No, he didn't. Like, I, I don't think so. Like, so it's not on him. But I get it. It's his management. It's whatever. Hey, it's I didn't play by the rules. I got my slap on the hand. It, it got done. And then Everyone even afterwards, you know, they were like, hey, bro, you got to play by the rules. And part of me is like, look, I get, I don't know, rules, I guess, fuck it. But when it becomes, like I said, part of what I love and I've been doing forever and I've never been told that, like, yeah. And you're gonna tell me on the biggest fucking stage of probably my life, like that I gotta fucking slow it down. I wasn't gonna go there. I think anybody who's passionate about anything is is told like, hey, what you prepared, you can't do anymore. Because yeah, because it's, it's too, too much. much, and it might mess up our main event that we yeah. care so much about. You know. But in all reality, it probably would have made it better. And again, I'm gonna go back to it. The only people that it ma- should matter is if the crowd's liking it. Right. If the crowd's enjoying it, everyone's paying and everybody the crowd at the end of the day. The whole night, dude. It was a great night. It yeah. was a great night. Yeah. Like I said, much love, Adam. Still love you, buddy. No, no, no hard. They were, he was just doing his job. Everybody's doing their job, right? Yeah. I, I, I did step out of line, but I mean, what you gonna do? Shit. I'm going hard. Go hard. Go hard. And, and I'm sure they understand like your emotion behind it. I would hope so. But, you know, in the end, still, they were, you know, we talked about at the end, like, I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe that burnt my bridges with those guys. They've never wanted to, I don't know. I would know. like to get their perspective of it. You know, that's something you, you get yeah, a hold of. I don't know. Try to, you know. Yeah, no, so, I'm, like a good, I'm just curious, you know? Yeah, no, no. That's all no, definitely. It's just curiosity. Like I said, much respect for those dudes, Ryan and them. Like, and they got that other show, that smoke land coming up. Hey, shout out, go fucking... You know, hit that it's that a, show coming up. What is this? Uh, September sixteenth. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It'll be a good show. Like I said, uh, much love to those guys. They they fucking do real hard work to get everything done. It was a good show, but like I said, I had a little little hiccup there. A little moment. And, and like that's part of everything. While I'm man, to do those shows is stressful. 
right? And it takes away, it not only <laughs> takes away from my, my home life, my work, everything suffers a little bit because I focus so much on, on putting this show together, right? Yeah. Including my relationship with my wife, my kids, like everything Can takes you a hit. elaborate on that? Like, I don't want you, you don't have to go like too deep if you don't want to, but like, can you kind of tell me how? Well, like I said, you know, uh, I'm a very, I'm a very addictive personality. As you can tell, you know, I fucked up with alcohol, blah, blah. I do have, and when I go something all in, man, I go all in. And so if I'm putting a set or a show together, I'm like all in on that, That's right? And then it's constantly, yeah. well, ticket sales, promotion, right? I'm constantly talking to these guys, these guys, everybody's hitting me up. So even at work, it's like, boom, my phone's fun constantly going off right so yeah. i'm not focusing on my work like i should like you know I'm, I'm a manager tuesday morning like and you know i have all these people that depend on me to be their leader right and when i'm a little despondent and the same thing with my family right like i'm there to be the leader and if i'm not there focusing on day-to-day shit because yeah. i'm in my headphones it takes away from everything and then with like you say with all these larger shows comes the bigger crowd comes more recognition on Facebook, comes the friend request, right. comes the, hey, why are you doing this? Are you doing it for the women? And, you know, because, look, like I was telling him earlier, I was like, dude, the outfits that people wear to these shows now aren't what they used to be. They're a little less clothed, you know? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of skin in the crowd. A little less clothed. And, and so, to, you know, it's, it's I, I understand <laughs> where, you know, people are like, oh, you're doing it just to to see what's out there and I'm like dude it's not me man I'm telling you I get up there and it's and I black all that out it's just me and the music people will but, say anything bro. yeah I, 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 I get that right and, and so but you know that puts a damper out of, you yeah, know on, on relationship right like so there's a lot of conflict and then just the stress alone like just even so I'm doing the show and then I gotta figure out I gotta put a set together yeah. so on top of that like I said I don't just wanna throw tracks together right I'm trying to like build a story and it's hard to like put all that effort into building the story building the stage and set and then taking care of my home life and then taking care of my my work life and it's just a lot now i enjoy it but i feel like after 23 years of doing it and doing the dioro show man like you know like what else do i gotta prove yeah. you know what i mean like me and my brother like i tell them when he came up to do the show with me i'm like bro dude look we started this 23 years ago, and this is what we dreamed of, right? Just if we, we would watch these on stage, and we would be like, man, if they just gave me one chance to play on that stage, I know I could kill it, right? That's what it was about, about making that crowd jump, right? And that's, I, I've done that. You've achieved that. And so, yes, yeah, so I could keep going, and but right now it's in a state where all these dudes, you know, Joey, you know, like without a limits, like, uh, you know, uh, Pat went over here at the, at this other club, even like, why not? You know, there's a lot of people in it now. Like, yeah. I feel like I started a spark, right? And yeah. gave and opened the door for all these guys to like, like start doing their thing. So I feel like I'm leaving it in okay hands and now I can just kind of focus on me. And I've never really done production, right? I've never really produced music. Like it's always been sharing what I hear to everybody else, right? Yeah. But now maybe it's time I sit down and focus on truly telling my own story through my music right and so i know it's going to be a progression to get to there but like i'm saying i'm trying to focus on on getting my mind right no. getting physically now like i got a lot of things going on and so i'm going to take time to do that so maybe it's not step done forever right trying something but i'm definitely 
done with the stress of throwing a huge show. You know what I mean? No. Like at least that that kind of effort and everything. Man, it, I love doing it, but it takes a lot out of me. Like it takes a lot, and uh, I just want to kind. I'm gonna kind of just take a break for a little bit. Like yeah. I said, but I don't. I don't want to stop doing music, and it's so hard because. You know, I, like even the why not, they were like, oh, farewell set, right? And then Joey's like, well, hey, we'll give you the 30, 45 minutes at the beginning of the uh, the dirty show. And I was like, the carpet show. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and then like, so I got hit up just yesterday by this other club, The Rose. And, oh, yeah. and they're, so without saying a whole bunch, because nothing's set in stone or nothing. Uh, I've never even been there. People were telling me, yo, have you been there? It's kind of fucking... It's kind of shady. It's a bit of a I was like, but you know what? But the way I'm thinking about it, it's like, man, to me, challenge, right? Like, I played some fucking sketchy fucking places where I thought I was going to, I played the San Marillo Club once. Fuck, I thought I was going to die up in that motherfucker. <laughs> I was going to say it's uh, with, like, even, like, 305, because I've heard from, like, because I'm an EMT, I've heard from the EMS side that 305, like, on the non-EDM nights, like, people are getting stabbed. Right, like, it's crazy. So, you know, like I said, challenge, I'm all down for a challenge. And I, I feel like I can do a residency without putting as much yeah, yeah. of my life it's a into good, doing it's a, a huge show, right? Right, yeah. like because I still want to play the music, dude. I, I'll I'll love the music till I die, right? Like it's part of me now. It's part of who I am. Like on a daily, my work people, they don't fucking listen to EDM, but you know why they listen to EDM now? Because I'm fucking constantly hitting them with that shit. Yeah. Working truck, boom, we're listening to my set. Well, in the back, <laughs> boom, we're listening to my shit. Like I'm gonna make you listen to that. Oh, I, I totally feel it. Like uh, with my coworkers, like whenever we're like driving in an ambulance, like I just uh, like uh, finish my new mix. You want to listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> Once in your life, you're gonna listen to good music, and here it is. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and uh, kind of getting back into the like kind of sketchy like club scenes. I feel like anytime you bring the EDM community into those scenes, that almost makes it like because we're all about peace, love, unity, right, respect. Right. And I feel like a lot of these places are seeing that. It's like maybe we don't need to have all this crazy ratchet shit right, going right, on right, all right. the time. Yeah, Whereas, you know, it's a change. It's time for a change. And like I said, it's a challenge. So I don't know. It's still I'm supposed to go talk to him this week. Still up in the air, but hey, if any if anybody here in this any club wants a resident DJ for a weekend, like EDM shit, I'm down. Yeah. I'll be down and for I'm, that. You know, I'm glad you said that because that's honestly a bit of a hope for us in kind of this position that we're trying to make. You know, we kind of want to be kind of what you're talking about, going to these places that we can have a face that could be easily recognized. Right, right. You know, we can walk in there and say, hey, we got a whole bunch of guys. Whatever kind of music you want, we know all of them. Right. Know? And we can bring them in here. Yeah. We have crowds. We have a whole bunch of people that we know that can come up in here. And that's yeah. what I was going to say about, uh, like, uh, even, like, the the Fear Fest that's coming up in, like, all the shows here recently. Like, yeah, it's been more, like, either, like, house-heavy or dubstep-heavy. But, like, I like how we're starting to kind of have that mix more. See, like that's you were talking about. I, feel, I feel bad for the Fear Fest. Kristen, hey, sorry. They did want me to do that show with them. They were trying to get me to get Sullivan King. But it was, like, right in the time where I was, like, I don't know if I want to deal with all that right now. Yeah. I, just, I don't know if I want all that right now. It's I just got done with this one. You want me to jump right back in another one? I was like, and I was on board for a bit, and I was like, nah, man. I think I'm just going to. Oh, I remember in the group chat, you were like, as I'm stepping away, like, what sound equipment do you need? Yeah. <laughs> do you see what I mean? I was like, well, what do you got? I still got your back. No, but I still want every. I got everybody, right? Yeah. Like, that's. I've never like tried to be like, oh, like you know, it's really hard to be like, oh, not all about you when you're the only guy 
out know. there, right? But I've never tried. I've tried my best to grow this thing here. Like, well, it seems it's, like it's coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finally getting there now. Yeah. I'm finally gonna be like, <laughs> I can just kind of step back and let it just grow, just and I can just go and enjoy a show, right? No. Like, like the carbon show was nice. I did play at the beginning, but it was nice to go there and not have to run shit, right? Yeah, not just be, be in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. not worry about it, fuck the door. Like, even though I'm still worried about the door. We had talked about before, like, this is the one thing he says a lot, like, our big dream is to have, like, a festival that we run someday, and he's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I heard y'all talking about it. Sitting out there yeah, on definitely. the porch, just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to be the top guy. Well, dude, that's <laughs> the way I was, you know? The Dioro, like, man, I was sitting up there, same thing with the board, but it was like, man, I looked over, and I'm like, John, look, this is Midland. Yeah. Same thing with the Steve Aoki show. Like when I got up there and he was playing, I looked over and I was like, "Bro, I grew up here. We just brought this to Midland. Like you know, like we just brought Dioro to Midland. Ten years ago, if you like would have been like, hey, y'all, bet you we can get a good EDM and there'll be a good show out here. You'd be like, you're fucking crazy, go lose money. Well, it, well and like to mention like this recent like a uh, Carbon and Dirty Snatcher show, like. The like even the after party like that's a huge thanks to what you've done in the community. Thank you. Like for us even to be able to get them to go to the after party and all that like that surprised me. That 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 was cool. I mean that that was super legit. Being in there was super cool. Like because it was a small place. So it felt like a lot was going on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did a laser show in that place yeah. once, man. That was just crazy. Like, it's, it a really, cool, it's a cool it really little like a whole lot was going on in that building. <laughs> but yeah, like it just uh, like I feel like if it the scene hadn't progressed to where it has now, like that wouldn't even have been a possibility. Wouldn't even considered it. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. And so like that that's a huge thanks to you and like everyone else who has had a big influence on growing the scene for the I'm telling you, the, all the old schoolers, man, that yeah. we've been doing it for a while. Like, you know, like even Daniel. Daniel's starting to come up now. He's starting to make his own things. But he's, yeah. it's funny because he's doing a thing with another one of our friends. Son is, oh, yeah. is getting into the music and they're, do, they're working together to produce some shit. So it's like next generation, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm down to do that. I've gotten people that have hit me up that are like, bro, man, I, like, would you like to mentor me? I would like to like work with you and shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm totally down because... All I got is knowledge, right? And I can teach you the old school way of, of mixing. And it's only going to help you Get be better, better because yeah. if you can learn how to actually beat match, man, be like, you do. Yeah. Maybe the crowd doesn't realize it, but you're, you're going to be more satisfied. Like everyone that like, in your knows. Mixes, like, yeah. We even like, kind of talked about that in the first episode. Well, I mean, I talked about music theory and stuff like that. Yeah. Understanding music, I mean, it's the same concept. Yeah, you know, you talked about, you know, mixing and key, right? Like a lot of things that people just like throw tracks on that doesn't even know it. Oh. <laughs> we have five minutes left in here. Oh, okay. Is that what they just said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we can wrap it up, guys, if y'all are good. I mean, <laughs> hey, if y'all are ever down to do it again, we can do a part two. Like, you yeah. know, I got tons of stories. That's so, what I was like, saying on the way over here. I was like, because I literally you said you a whole lot. So I was like, if we have to, man, we'll break it up. We'll literally, play. I just scratched this little surface yeah. here. Just yeah. to this kind is of an game. abrupt end that it wasn't planned. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> honestly, I brought y'all here. I didn't know we had... A, a time, time for, right? yeah, I would have done it earlier and, yeah. and got you guys, but you know what? What did we get? A good. We got time. a good hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good, That's good about start. average for us, anyway. We usually do hey, about an hour. But yeah, we'll first. definitely have a part two with you, man. Like, hey, yeah, I'm down. Like uh, I said, I hate I'm to down. cut it off, but she gave me the the hand. We <laughs> 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 got five minutes, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's literally gave us the hand about uh, to turn off the on air sign. No, well, thank you guys. Honestly, thank you. I appreciate what y'all are doing. Like, for real, like... I really enjoy... I'm, I'm glad... Nothing against nobody else, but I'm glad it was you because you had a whole lot to say. 
That's what's and, up. I appreciate and, that. You're really almost setting that. the bar for what, what we're expecting. That's what's up. And, and I, I, I was even telling Joseph that, like, uh, whenever the whole scheduling conflict ended up happening, I was like, well, I think it would be honestly a good way of having, like, you come on and then kind of leads into, like, the, the new... The new guys, everybody else. Like, how they are continuing the legacy. the original opinion. Oh, yeah, just don't call me Grandpa, man. <laughs> um, I guess real quick to end it off, is there, like, uh, I know you said you're working on some new music right now. Well, like, you know, just working on, on on starting producing shit, right? Like, oh, yeah. no, nothing nothing made yet. Like I said, I, it's been baby step. I got a lot no. of shit going on. Next yeah. time. We'll and my life right now, like, that's not... Related to any of this, but it is what it is. We'll check back in on that part too. Yeah. I say, hey, next we'll, time, next we'll, time. We'll well, Definitely, it's a great pleasure talking to you. It really was. Can't wait till the next one. All right, guys, everybody, thank y'all. All right, thank y'all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> point as I point to the <laughs> mic and nobody's there. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out.